Welcome back to Mediavine On Air. I'm your host, Jenny Guy, and if you wanted a podcast all about the business of content creation, you've come to the right place. At Mediavine, it's imperative to us that we get a few things right. First and foremost, being all about publishers. Also providing industry education in multiple ways. And of course, providing a diverse, inclusive, and safe environment for everyone we come into contact with. Our thought is if we don't get these things right, then the rest of it really doesn't matter. As February is Black History Month, we're proud to take the opportunity to shine the spotlight on black and brown creators in our industry. On today's episode of the podcast, you'll hear all about inclusivity, diversity, and access in the blogging sphere. Back in 2019, we sat down with Beth Santos, CEO and founder of Wonderful and the Women in Travel Summit, to Kenya Hampton of the website Kenya Ray, and Martinique Lewis of Audacity Fest and the creative lead of Nomadness Travel Tribe. It was an incredibly insightful conversation as they told us how publishers can use their influence to create a culture of belonging for people from all different backgrounds and cultures. They also shared their thoughts and advice about diversity at large. We hope you enjoy today's episode and make sure to give us a review wherever you're listening. Now let's hear from Beth to Kenya and Martinique. You're listening to Media Vine On Air, the podcast about the business of content creation. From SEO to ads and social media to time management, if it's about helping content creators build sustainable businesses, we are talking about it here. I'm your on-air host, Media Vine's Jenny Guy. Hello and welcome everybody. It is Thursday, October 17th, and I am so happy to be back with you guys for our first official fall episode of Teal Talk. I can't believe it's fall, y'all. I am Jenny Guy. I'm Mediavine's marketing manager and your host today. How is everyone doing? It's been a while since we talked and it is now Q4, which is the quarter I feel like we all talk about until it is here. And then it, everything is so insane during that time with all personal stuff that business is uh, hard to come by. So uh, basically it's already 2020. If anyone was wondering, it's the end of the year. It's a new decade. But to get to the matter at hand today, I have got a super impressive lineup of guests with me today. As you can see, we're doing three guests and they're all incredible. They took a break from being industry leaders to talk about a topic that is near, dear and very important to all of our hearts. We are talking about diversity, inclusion and access within the blogging industry today. Uh, just I'm going to introduce our guests, but just to remind you, first, thank you for being here with us. Second, if you've got questions for us uh, in the panel, please feel free to just post them in the comments and we will make sure to get those asked. So lots to cover today. I want to introduce everyone first. I'm going to start with Beth Santos. She is the founder and CEO of Wonderful, a global community and lifestyle brand that specializes in helping all women travel the world. Wonderful reaches a diverse audience of over 100 million each year through chapter events in 50 cities, an international home sharing network, which is super cool, global summits and small group trips, a thriving membership community and dynamic online content and forums. She is the creator and host of the Women in Travel Summit, which I've been to twice, or it's amazing, a leading event for women travel creators and industry happening on two continents each year and co-founder of Hashtag at the Table, a national dinner series and community for female founders. She lives in Boston. Hi, Beth. Thank you you so much for joining us today. Hi, Jenny. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. Our next wonderful woman to Kenya Hampton is the blogger behind Kenya Ray, an online food and DIY outlet where good food doesn't take all day. And it sounds like some food is ready now, maybe in someone's <laughs> microwave. I don't know. <laughs> could be something delicious. Dessert could be its own meal. And Dessert is also in a war with breakfast for the meal of the day. She has been in the blogging space since 2011 and watched it go through many changes. She also serves as a resource to fellow bloggers on the Mediavine Publisher support team. Hi, Kenya. Welcome. 
All right, and finally, Martinique Lewis is a diversity and travel consultant, content creator, and influencer manager. She's trusted among her peers as a connector and is always connecting the dots to ensure the travel industry is mindful of diversity, not just as a buzzword, but an action that produces results. Working with numerous tourism boards and travel brands, she is constantly strategizing ways to ensure her travel marketing campaigns are inclusive and all travelers feel represented. As an international speaker, her goal has always been the same. It's a simple one, really, to change the face of tourism forever. No problem. As the creative lead of Nomadness Travel Tribe, she produces content that resonates with travels of travelers of color globally and is proud to be part of the team that plans and executes Audacity Fest, the first travel festival for travelers of color. Welcome. Thank Hi, Marty. Hi. Thank you. Okay, ladies. I Well, thank you. Thank you all first for being here and taking time. I know all of you have crazy busy schedules, but... I, I, you guys know that this is an important topic to us. It's an important topic to all of you. So I definitely just want to get the conversation started right away. And let's just start out with the fact that all of you have very diverse origin stories within the blogging industry. So I'd like to hear a little bit from each of you about how you got started with digital content creation and working with influencers. And let's go ahead and start with Marty. I was working for a travel um, community and I just was basically tired of not seeing everybody represented. Sorry, you guys, I'm at work. So if you see this flash, it's because there's a photo shoot going on next door, but it's so hard for me to try to find like a place to actually, um, go and just get time by myself. So sorry for that distraction. But yeah, I was just tired of not seeing myself reflected. But then once I actually attended WITS, I realized that so many people who fit into different travel niches also didn't see themselves reflected. And that was a problem. So I started advocating for all types of travelers and really started working with tourism boards and travel brands in terms of placing different influencers in separate situations to make sure that their campaigns and all of their marketing was inclusive to everybody. So that's how I got started in this. Awesome. Okay. And same question to you, Kenya. For me, I just started blogging as a outlet to continue writing once I finished grad school. It was just something I was like, ah, I think I want to start a blog. And I got online and started writing, not really realizing what all could happen with blogging. Um, and then as I kind of emerged more into the blogger space and made connections with different influencers and things like that, um, I just started to see like how big this thing really was. And that's pretty much how I got started. It's pretty crazy. I'm always shocked by all the different niches and conferences and different different little, like I said, yeah, yeah, niches, sect, sectors of the blogging industry itself. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible and very diverse. Beth, for you, please, same question. Yeah, and and it's constantly growing, which I think is just amazing. So I, um, I sometimes I feel like a grandmother in the blogging world because I started um, started my blog, my personal blog, 13 years ago, and the what is wonderful today, 10 years ago. Um, I was doing a lot of travel on my own, and much like the two of you, actually, just blogging was the way for me to share some of the feelings that I was feeling and some of the experiences that I was having. And I think now being a business owner, I realized that that was kind of my way of solving a problem that I had seen. And in ways where other people start businesses, I kind of started a blog. And I think um, even then, so we we grew in our content um, and eventually launched the Women in Travel Summit, which Jenny was so kind to mention and Marty's been to, um, which initially started in 2014 as a how to blog conference. And what we found was that there were a lot of women who like us had created blogs and were looking to share their voices and um, and and voices that did not receive enough representation, especially in the travel industry. And so, um, but I think what was even interesting then was that 
you know, blogging as an industry was not really even um, as mainstream as it is now. And so it's just been so incredible over the years to watch it grow where women who are coming up to us that very first year going, I'm thinking of starting a blog, now have a million monthly readers and are building really incredible businesses. And it's become a whole new market that we've all created together, which is really so exciting. It really is such an incredible, um, I, the blogging industry, I think, has undergone so many incarnations, changes, adaptations over the short lifespan that it's had as a, as a viable career option for people. So I think it's incredible to watch. It's never dull, that's for sure. Never a dull <laughs> moment. I wanted to also then talk about, now that we have a little background from each of you on how you got started, and Marty talked a little bit about this already, but is there anything about each of your experiences, you know, quote unquote, breaking into the industry that you felt was directly impacted by your own personal demographic, like race or sex orientation or any of those individual um, individual markers that um, you felt impacted your beginning. And like I said, Marty talked about it a little. And I heard both Marty and um, Beth talk about travel being a specific barrier in, in, in certain ways. So I'd like to talk about that if you, if you wouldn't mind. And we'll start with um, Beth, if you'll start this time, that'd be great. Yeah. So, well, speaking from the travel perspective, it, the one fact that I often tell is that 80% of travel decisions are made by women. You know, two out of every three travelers are female. But at the same time, if you look at senior leadership in the travel industry, you find a lot of white men, frankly. And the the proportion of women as decision makers in travel is not at all related to, you know, what who the decision makers are at the top. And I think we've actually talked a lot about that in, in the blogging industry, too, that you see a lot of influencers um, who are women, but at the same time um, are not given um quite the same gravitas as they build their businesses. And so, you know, I don't think I could ever separate any of the things that I identify as from the growth of my business and the growth of my blog. I think all of that is related to whether it's the way I'm perceived, the way I talk about myself, the way I've built things. I think age is something that has stood out for me, especially in blogging, as a positive and as a negative, honestly. You know, I think as as a blogger who's a millennial, it's kind of expected in a lot of ways, but as a business owner who's a millennial, I find people who are kind of looking over my shoulder to find out who the boss is. You know, and so I think that's something that I've definitely noticed. But certainly I think there are, you know, that will go into just a lot of different layers that have changed my experience over the years that I don't think I could ever separate from. I think, yeah, you're definitely right in that it, it separating those things out and especially for a content creator, because with blogging so much and not because we experience it in all levels of the professional specter or sphere that you when you go in you're experiencing it differently based on who you are but with blogging you're sharing your own personal story that's so intricate to what the job is it's in the job description is that you're basing everything on your own experiences so so having that that's intrinsic to to what your experience is in what your experience is in that way so fantastic i don't know if that made sense it did in my mind. <laughs> it did to me. It totally made sense. I'm so glad. I felt like I spiraled there and then tried to pull it on back. And it always happens a little bit. Uh, Corey Lee just made a comment, said, as a blogger that focuses on wheelchair accessible travel, I love that Mediavine is doing this talk. Awesome. I love that we're having Corey. We would love for you to share your website in our comments so we can share that out. Um, Kenya, to you, please. Talk about uh, how you experience breaking in. 
Um, for me, like when I started, like I said, it was just um, a hobby. So I really wasn't looking to find like a tribe or anything like that, which is like a really big buzzword now, like find your tribe. Um, yeah, it's like this big thing. But when I got started with blogging, I was just looking to have a space to share my thoughts on the internet and really wasn't even thinking about it as being on the internet. It was more so just like a, a writing outlet. Um, and then when I started finding like different blog groups and things like that, I just noticed that people kind of stuck with people that, that looked or were like them. Um, and so joining certain groups, like I could go in and ask questions or, you know, try and find out information about different things and not get responses. And it was kind of frustrating to um, feel like the only place I did get a response or did fit in was like in a group full of people that looked like me. Um, and so, and that's what happens in, in real life. But I don't know why I thought, you know, being on a blog or being online that it would be any different. I think that it has gotten better over the years um, because there are people who really speak out about those things. Um, but you always kind of wonder what the consequences are of speaking out about it too on your own platform. So, and I think that's something that we probably will go into a little bit deeper in this conversation, but um, that was kind of like my initial experience in starting out as a blogger. Awesome. Very, and yeah, I think definitely talking about, uh, it's super important to talk about the consequences of addressing these things head on. I think that, that that's definitely something I want to circle back to. But first, let's hear, uh, Marty, same same question to you. What what barriers might you have experienced breaking yeah, in? Yeah, that was, mine's was actually the complete opposite of hers. I was just tired of going to places and there was like nothing about the black history that were in so many places. And historically, just we know that so many people were taken from Africa and spread out all across the world. So it's like, why am I going to Amsterdam or why am I going to Paris? And there's nothing about the black history here, even though I'm looking around and I see the black people. So it wasn't enough for me for them to say, oh, because they only came here during the slave trade or they didn't get here till the 1960s. And I'm like, no, they've been here since the 1700s. Your, your portraits show it, your buildings show it. And I was like, this has got to stop. And I was like, there's a reason that this narrative is not being shared, but because I knew how much specifically black travelers spent, I was like, you're really missing out on opportunity to get these people to come to your destination, whereas they might not have known there is this presence here, but you are failing to show it. So that was kind of, that was, you know, what sparked me into this actually a lot more. And then when I started speaking about it over and over again, then people, the lights started to go off in their head and they're like, yeah, actually they're right. And especially since travel right now is so accessible, there's so many low budget airlines, there's so many great OTAs that give you so many good deals. Like people are traveling, but they do want to know more about themselves when they get to a destination. So that's what it was for me. I love hearing uh, that you found a way to express that um, the need for diversity and inclusion in a way that actually would have an impact on the decision makers, which is the bottom line. That, this is that you've got to put it in that context to, to affect real change, and you did. And I think that that's so impactful. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. Okay. So we, we're, we've got a lot of buzzwords and a lot of uh, somewhat controversial words in the title of this live, which are diversity, inclusion, access. All of those are words that get bandied about a whole lot in not only the blogging industry, but in the world as a whole. So can we talk about how you see those words 
directly manifested in the blogging industry? How, um, how both from your personal experience and what you've seen um, through observing other, other people as you've gone through your journey? Uh, obviously, Beth and Marty have devoted a significant amount of their career focus to these topics. So why are those so important? And I'm actually going to start with Kenya on this one. I'd love to hear how you've seen those. Talk a little bit more about that in your experience as a, as a content creator for nine years. Well, first of all, I want to say that like they're extremely important because it is very important that all people of all communities are represented, um, especially with blogging going more towards um, a very common form of advertising now. Just like, you know, um, when little kids sit and look at them or look at a commercial on TV, they should see people that look like themselves, that they can you know connect to, relate to, whatever. It should be the same thing in terms of, of blogging because essentially blogging is becoming a form of advertisement. It's transitioning. I see it transitioning a lot and I see it being discussed a lot more, which I think is important. Um, but I think that we have to keep it constructive in how we talk about it and also figure out how to shift things when we see a need for a shift as opposed to just yelling out into the internet, <laughs> which happens sometimes. Stop. Are you saying that just randomly sharing memes and yelling and making comments in Facebook groups doesn't affect change? I'm shocked. I, I would never have guessed. That that. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love it. Can you talk about a specific example, just to redirect on that before going to Beth and Marty, about a way of keeping it constructive? Can you, can you talk about that in a little more detail? So, yeah, um, it's funny because probably within the last year, this was a discussion in one of the groups um, that I'm in, the Courage to Earn group, um, where we talk about earning as bloggers and, you know, um, the different things that are happening within the blogging community. And um, one of the things that I came up with, like when campaigns happen and there's a group filled with people that all look alike in these campaigns and there's no diversity in them. And so the conversation was started on like, well, how do you make change? Like, what do I do if I'm in a position to be in this group? How do I make change? How do I, you know, um, make a difference? And it's just as simple as if you notice that there isn't diversity, pointing that out. And you don't have to do it in a rude way. You don't have to be a jerk about it. <laughs> but you can point it out and say, hey, I noticed that this isn't a very diverse group. Um, if you don't know where to start, where to find some people, I can pull together a list because I know, you know, plenty of people that create great content that are out there or, you know, saying, hey, next time that there's something I can provide you with a list or, you know, things like that. Just speaking up about it to the, the decision makers to let them know that it is something that needs to be addressed. Love that. I also love the idea of, of so much doing the work for somebody makes it a lot easier. Just saying, by the way, if you are curious, I have a list just here, right here ready. Just in right. case you, you don't have to, you don't have to hunt. I have it. It's done. All right. Uh, Marty, same question to you. Yeah, I agree with what she's saying a hundred percent, but I also do not want people to think that they should just be going around giving lists because this is people's jobs and they should be hiring people as consultants to create those lists. You cannot have my resources for free when I've done the work, when you have people on your team who can do the work. But additionally, if you have nobody on your team internally, it's going to reflect that externally. And that's another reason that we've seen influencer trips or press trips or media, anything that looks very much so like one person. So I am very vocal if you guys haven't been able to tell yet. And I do call tons of people out 
but I do it in a respectful way, like she said, but also I let them know. Maybe on the post, I might give you five people, but then when they inbox me, then I let them know these are my rates because this is the research that I've done. It's been this important to me. I've sought out these many different people that come into this many different groups. And here's my consulting fee because it's not fair to you to continuously give a company all of your resources when they can do the same work. And it's actually their market that they should be doing as well. One thing that we've heard plenty of times is a lot of brands say, I don't know how, and that's fair. And then you, you have things like this that they need to be tuning into. You make sure that there's places like Wits where there's that programming or it's people teaching you how to connect with inclusive markets. But they have to do better just in general. It should be top of mind. It's 2019, almost 2020, like you said. There's no reason that we should look to the left and right. We shouldn't see a wide range of people. You know what I mean? Corey, my guy, he shouldn't have to fight so hard for accessibility and travel. You should already be thinking about that. That should be top of mind. Is my destination or is my brand inclusive to every single person who's going to come around it? It's a serious issue. So now, since 2017, maybe, we've been hearing diversity and inclusion so much more now. But now it's time to take action. It's not just about saying it anymore. We've had enough time to do that. There's plenty of ways. You've seen campaigns that do it. So now it's like, all right, everybody else get on the board. It's not about rocking the boat anymore. If our brand does this, are we going to lose travelers? No. People are looking for places to go. You're not going to lose travelers. You're going to gain more people because they're going to see themselves reflected. So it's no longer a thin line. It's no longer a tippy toe. It's no longer um, bloggers or people in this space being afraid. Speak up. Definitely speak up because we're all advocates for each other. Also, we got to be advocates for each other because if we don't say anything, nothing's going to change. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I love just and I found this more and more in the blogging industry, that attitude of abundance and opening your mind and not being afraid. I'm going to lose something if I then share this opportunity with other people. I love seeing bloggers lifting each other up and yep. and, and and helping other people, giving them a leg up. Uh, that's Excellent. Uh, Corey, uh, you got a lot of yeses. Yeses for many people. I want Beth to answer and then I want to go to some of the, the comments we're getting. Uh, Beth, same question to you, please. Yeah. And so I have so many ideas swarming in my head. I'm like, I hope I can answer these all in one go. So when we're talking about um, diversity and particularly inclusion and particularly access in blogging, there's two different angles that I'm looking at here. First, there's, you know, inclusion and access in the act of sharing your voice, right? Like blogging, sharing something that you're thinking in blogging. And then there's also diversity and inclusion and access in blogging as an industry, as a business and as a marketplace. And so to comment on the first thing, I think over the years, one thing that we've really failed as a society is we tend to think that blogging is very democratic, you know, that everyone has a free play in blogging, that voices are all equal and that the best voices are going to rise to the top. And unfortunately, what I've seen is that, you know, stereotypes still play into who's getting to these top ranks. And in fact, there is a, so I went to a, a conference a couple of weeks ago and they were talking about travel and responsible travel. And they specifically said, you know, in order to travel more responsibly, you have to get past the first page of Google. And I think this is very much the same thing in blogging too. If you wanna read responsibly, you have to get past the first page in Google because those are the upvotes of things that unfortunately fit into a lot of stereotypes, a lot of just what we expect a traveler or a chef or a 
you know, whatever, anybody to look like or to be like. And we really need to make sure that we're being thoughtful about who are the voices that we're taking in and who are the voices that we're lifting up. So then there's also inclusion and access as an industry. And I think the thing that I want to keep in mind there, and actually it was, I know Jenny, when you and I were first talking about this, this is one of the things that really fueled me up is I think about my own identity as a mother. And I think about when I was, you know, building my business and, and had, you know, a two month old baby at the same time, realizing how little time I had and how there are so many privileges involved in time, in money, in building a blogging career, because those are things that most of us have to bootstrap for a long, long time. You know, you don't usually start with a big pot of money and an investor and, you know, all the time in the world, you start just doing this as something that you feel really passionately about. And because of that, it takes a lot of time and you opt out of a lot of money. And there are a lot of people who cannot afford to make those decisions. So I think just in itself, blogging as an industry is something that is a lot easier to do if you have those privileges than somebody who's going in who's got other people to take care of, jobs to work, that can't just be investing their time and resources into this for what's going to happen years down the line. So I think those are things we really need to be more thoughtful about when we talk about blogging. Very true. It has that, um, it can have that reputation of anyone can do it. It's easy to do from home. It's, you can start this career. And I think it is for a certain sector and it gave voice to yes. a sector. Uh, Marty, totally. you're shaking your head. Jump in. No, I just was thinking like people, if they only knew. <laughs> it's not easy at all. Like, gosh. And it takes a lot of time. Like, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, so time consuming. Yeah, sorry. That's all I was like. Mm -mm. No, but you're so right. It's this, anything can do it. It's easy. And we all know from the inside, it's not but I, and I totally agree. And that's a, we could have like a 75 hour live where we talk about how <laughs> it's not easy. Uh, but in addition, I think that what Beth was saying that it is easy. It, it's, it's much more accessible for a certain percentage of the population to do. And, and that's, that's what we're working to talk about today. Okay. I'm going to scroll back through some of these comments. Here we go. There's a lot. Patricia King said she would love to see more 50 plus travel bloggers represented. Our perspective is relevant. She's got a site called uh, Savvy Traveling. Um, I, I totally agree. Beth, you mentioned age. Uh, if you've got thoughts on age, anyone on our on our panel right now, please toss them out while we're, while we're talking about Patricia's comment. Yeah, ageism is totally real. I mean, there, there's so many niches within this, but ageism is totally real. And it's crazy because it's like these people have more money than anybody else. They've, oh worked, they've saved up. Also, multi-generational family travel is big right now. So why aren't you, you know, doing stuff for grandparents with the kids or women who retire and just want to go somewhere by themselves for a while. Kids are out of the house. They're empty nesters. One of my favorite people is a traveling black widow and she, her husband died. And so she just decided to travel the world. And she's like, there's nothing that looks like me out here, but I'm out here living my best life. And I'm like, I know. I'm like, yes, Miss Char, like we're going to get you what you deserve because it's true though. There's so many other people out there like her. My mom has been living her best life since I probably left for college. And I mean, she travels at least six to seven times a year on like seven to 14 international day trips. And she's like, I don't ever see myself either. And Patricia is so instrumental in this community. And she shouldn't even have to say this. Patricia has been around for years and she's completely right. So, yeah, there's so many different niches to tap into. Any other thoughts on age before I move to another amazing comment from the audience? 
Yeah, no, I was just going to agree, like agree up and down, you know, and um, one of the things actually, so Wonderful has a creator collective. It's called the Wonderful Creator Collective, surprise, surprise. And it's a community of content creators who are, you know, committed to changing the travel industry. But but also we have a lot of, you know, people from lifestyle, food as well. Um, and it was actually the one of the coolest things was that when we first launched, the by far the first users that we had and still actually the majority of our users are boomers and they joined us and found and seniors and i know some people don't like being um, defined as boomers but i think one of the things that i noticed from that feedback was just that they're they feel like they are overwhelmingly the minority in the content space um and and that's not true in terms of the consumer so kind of thinking about the consumer side of the house versus the decision making side of the house again i think there's there's a lot of underrepresentation and there's also a lot of bias i think a lot of these women have come across people who just assume they don't know how to use technology or they're not going to be able to be savvy enough to to do something when these are whether it's careers they're building or just hobbies that they've gotten really good at um that that's not the case at all so yeah completely agree lizzie calder said quote so they need so they know more about themselves when they get to a destination she loves this marty thank you she's working on a new travel startup launching in central america which focuses on human-centered travel it's important to think about who's missing from the history that is being narrated and who is in control of telling that story i wish we had little emojis that we could just pop up <laughs> or we could just do it ourselves like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh Bell Cole said yes 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 marty julie trained eiley yes marty danielle johnson yes exactly corey lee yes 100 percent agree we have to speak up and have each other's backs if you see no diversity say something awesome brandy riley yes if your business is influencer marketing knowing about diversity is your job quilt it on a sampler thank you brandy uh, we've got preaching <laughs> if you, if, if you don't like if you if you're not a sewer like you can probably get it screen printed relax nobody's nobody's saying that you're you're you have to be a stitcher to be able to do it. okay uh adrian brown says, thank you michelle phil bone says amen adrian brown says yes erotica says this is a great conversation brandy okay this is kind of what i wanted to get to you said a bunch of comments brandy said unfortunately there is still a backlash for speaking out folks don't like to be called out okay Let's talk about that a little bit and how we might combat that. Kenya, do you have anything you want to share on that topic? I mean, I just, I think that that is a thing. And, you know, people think like, well, what if I say something? Will this put me on a blacklist? Will people not work with me anymore? Will it affect, you know, my income? And some people, this is their livelihood. This is what they're doing full time. There is no nine to five and this is the side hobby. This is their bread and butter for how they feed their families. And so um, there is that thought of if, if I speak up, um, will, will there be a problem or will this affect my family's ability to, <laughs> to go on? And I think that something needs to be done to, to remove that so that people can speak about things um, and so that the conversation can continue to be had so that changes can continue to be made. Anyone else want to share on that? Marty, Beth, weigh in, please. Many great minds have once said that, you know, the more haters you have, the more that means you're doing something right, right? And I think we just, we all have to commit to to doing that, like not letting one person speak up and then get shot down, but then being that second person that speaks up after them, you know? And I think we all have to take that responsibility. I think that's a huge, uh, hugely important step there is that being that second person, the third person, the fourth person, one of the people who makes it okay when someone said something, as opposed to, even though you didn't say it, 
And even though it may not be directly uh, impacting you at that moment, giving people the space to express their opinions, even if, if they're counter to something that a brand wants or that a brand is currently doing, so important. Uh, Marty, anything from you before we go on to more of these great comments we're getting? No, I think they summed it up. I mean, so it's, it's about the advocacy, finding your allies. I mean, I think right now all of us are in a space where we agree diversity and inclusion is important and um anytime there is an issue i feel like we all band together a lot now a lot more now and people are so much more aware of it that they do use their voice in the correct way to the person who asked that question use your resources and use your community if you're a part of beth's facebook um page that's specifically for the group or if you're a part of the media one post it in there first and ask somebody like and you could say I don't feel comfortable doing this, but who else can? And when you do it, like Kenyon was saying, you do it in a respectful way, and then you also kill them with the stats. I always kill people with the stats. <laughs> this is how much the people are spending in this community. This is how many people are affected in the world by it. This is how many people travel to your destination that is not right now getting any type of love from you. What are you going to do about it? And when you make it mess with their money, they're more likely to do it. But definitely use your voice and use the people's voices around you. Where are, is it, do you got a good spot to go get those stats? Or is it just the Googles? Or do you have any specific like loving uh, websites that we could share for people to grab those? So I tell people all the time, Pandora Music has a Pandora for brands and they conduct so much research. Um, Laura Fernandez, she came to Wits with me this year and she sat on my panel and they have so many stats about all different types of travel travelers. Um, Mandala Research does the one specifically for black travel. If you're a part of an overall group, ask them to conduct research as well. Like ask them to send out. They have email lists. We do it all yeah. the time at Nomadness, just trying to see what people feel or just trying to see where people want to go or how much they spend um, on every single trip, whether domestic or international, and come together with your own results. I know right now there's nothing out for plus size traveler. I don't know if Jeff Jenkins or anybody else from that group is on the phone, but I'm sure they'll come out with some stats about that because nobody's done it. Never be afraid to be a pioneer in that um, and never be afraid to reach out to somebody like a Beth and ask, you know, how can we partner with the WITS community to, to, to try to figure out some of these numbers? Because these are people who have access to all of those travelers. I love that. Go can ahead. I add something to Jenny that Please. you got me thinking about is um, to the point of speaking up, I think, Sometimes, especially in the world that we're in, where, you know, people have these beautifully written out opinions and really strong voices. And I think sometimes for myself and like speaking as a straight, white, able-bodied woman, sometimes I hesitate to speak out because I know what I'm going to say is might be, I might say it wrong. And if I yes. accidentally say it wrong, then, you know, I'm going to get crucified and what's going to happen. And I think First of all, we can't shy away from that. I think the first thing that I'll do is, you know, ask somebody I trust and I'll say, here's what I want to say. I've written it out. What do you think? You know, tell me from your perspective. Does this sound right? Is this communicating how I want to communicate it? But I would also say that there is something to be said. And I hope that, you know, the people listening and agree with this. There is something to be said for after being wrong just standing up and apologizing and saying, I made a mistake. You know, my intention here is to, to grow this and improve this. And the way I said it wasn't the way I meant it. And I think we need to start getting into a habit of, 
encouraging that dialogue because if we're too afraid that we're not going to say it the right way, then so many people aren't going to say anything and then we're not going to get to the root of these problems. So I think there needs to be a lot more where we're saying, let's have the discussion. I'll call you out when you say it wrong and you apologize and we're going to keep the conversation going. And that just needs to happen more. I think that that is also, yeah, I think that that's on both sides of maybe sensitivity and telling someone that they didn't say it the way that maybe you should not, not again, not making someone feel like you are, you need to go throw yourself off of a bridge right now. Like (laughs) as opposed to like, because, because we're trying and if it's not exactly right, but just being open and maybe even saying that, adding that into the comment, I don't know if I'm saying this right. My intention is good. I'm not sure, but I want to try to express something here. Forgive me if it's not exactly the way it needs to be said. Um, totally. Karen, uh, I don't, I'm going to butcher her last name again on apologizing and saying it up front. <laughs> I am doing it right now. I'm probably going to F this up. Karen, me, Ed, Ebhard. Marty is such an amazing voice in this space. Seen her stand up in conferences and ask the hard questions, but at the same time, make everyone think. Love that. Brandy Riley, again, so we need diversity and leadership. That's where it starts. Very true. Everyone's not, we got our emoji hands here. Patricia King said, wonderful is a pioneer with age diversity. Yeah, that's awesome. LM said, I think people hire who they know and are comfortable with doing that. So sometimes underrepresentation is a reflection of decision makers' comfort zones. For sure. Yeah, I agree. Lisa Sharp. Okay, we're getting to another question. Something that really bothered me last week. Is it this week? What? I don't know. Is all the affiliate companies telling me about Columbus Day sales? That was last week um, because mm-hmm. we have to start immediately. We, we are marketing for things that are 75 uh, weeks in advance. I'm Choctaw and I feel uncomfortable promoting that. Any thoughts mm-hmm. on addressing things like that with businesses? Guys, what do you, what do we think? <laughs> it's a I tough one. Marty's got to authenticity though. Like if you're uncomfortable yeah. with it, then figure out the way to say that you're uncomfortable with it where it matters. Um, And maybe it's still promoting the sale, but saying that this could be better marketed as or whatever and starting that conversation. So those brands see the conversation and see that people want that, that change to happen. So when they go to do their marketing for next year, that's in their thoughts. But if nobody ever opens their mouth and says anything, then they don't know that they're doing anything wrong or we can say they don't know that they're doing anything wrong, but they, you know what I mean? Like it's nothing that's going to change it. Clarissa said, Clarissa Lasky said, yes, Marty, kill him with the stats over here clapping during this talk. Corey Lee, this is a great resource. The Open Doors organization did a survey for accessible travel. People with disabilities spend over 17 billion per year on travel. You can't argue with that. Like you cannot argue with that money. That's money that you're arguing with. You can't. Uh, Lisa Sharp said, yes, don't justify when you were wrong. Just apologize and learn. That's all we can do, guys. We're all we're all on a journey. We're all wrong. And when we're wrong, I think <laughs> I mean, we're all wrong. <laughs> we're all wrong. It's true. And I mean, embracing it. And I think people, if you're if you're genuinely trying and you're coming from a good place and you fuck up, it happens. I'm sorry I said the F word, but it's the truth. We all do. And and we can't we just gotta say, I'm sorry, guy. I that was wrong. I'm wrong. Okay. But even in addition to apologizing, people have to be willing to accept people's apology because if we're being honest about it, the internet just breeds really mean people. Like it can bring out the worst in people. And we all get behind the perfection of our keyboards. 
And so we have to also be willing to accept people's apology and realize the imperfection in others, you know, in that same, same token. Totally right. Yeah. You have to be, we have to be, even if we're totally offended, you've got to be willing to like, I'm, I, they are genuine. They want to get better on both ends of the spectrum. Totally agree on that. Okay. What do you guys feel is the biggest barrier when it comes to those words we were, we were discussing in our, our, our buzzwords, our topics, diversity, inclusion, and access within the blogging industry? What are, what's the biggest barrier that you guys are currently seeing? Uh, let's start. Do you want to take a second to think? We can also say that Lisa, poor Lisa, her internet broke while the question was being talked about, said Lisa. I will have to watch the reply. Stupid internets. Man. Um, yeah. Does anyone have anyone have anything on that that they want to share? What is the biggest barrier? Anyone want to go first? Raise your hand if you would like to go first. No one's hand well, is up. Yes, Beth, go. I, I feel like I said mine already. So I'll give you, I'll just talk while you guys, you know, conjure your thoughts. But but I think um, in in my space, a lot of this has to do with with time and with money. Um, it's not, you know, I don't know if it's the biggest, but I think it's the one that's most relevant to where I am in my life right now. And seeing some of the women who are building businesses right now is um, the fact that, as you say, blogging as an industry, if we're talking about blogging as an industry, then mm -hmm. I think, you know, it, it, there, there is a lot of time and a lot of money that goes into building up a blog and sustaining it while no money is coming in. And I think when we talk about building a blog, what people often say is grow, grow, grow your community first before you monetize. But if you don't have the time to do that and you don't have the money to do that, then how do you do it? You know, so so I think it, we do want to be more thoughtful about how much um, more difficult it can be for people who don't have those resources available at their disposal. Totally. Uh, Marty or Kenya? I don't like you said, yeah. I don't think that's the biggest, but I definitely think that those two things play a part in, you know, everything because everyone just doesn't have that same access to time and money. So all we need to do is give people more time and money. I'm kidding. Sorry. Yeah. It was, yeah. Divine. I mean, it's nothing. Uh, uh, yeah. I think that it, we all talk about like the biggest SEO strategy we can give is creating more content and posting three times a week and doing all the things that it takes to build a blog. And, and that is all true. And we know it's true. That's the way to, you can't, you know, there's no magic button, but beating the algorithm is about creating more content and, um, how do you do that when you're working two jobs and 12 hours a day and you don't have time to create? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have an answer on that one. Marty, anything from you on that? Oh, Beth had something. I, I agree with what they're saying. Yeah, we'll listen to them. <laughs> I was just going to say, have you seen the articles circulating about um, all of the prolific writers of the 19th century, like Henry David Thoreau and... You know, and the reason why Henry David Thoreau was able to publish like these prolific art, you know, pieces of writing were because while he was stowed away in his solitary house in Concord, Massachusetts, you know, writing, his like mom was doing his laundry and his wife was cooking for him, you know, and so and so like no offense to to any people who have mothers cooking for them and wives doing laundry or whatever, or or to the men here who are listening in, because I think right now I'm talking about sex and I'm not talking about other intersectionalities. But I think that there is something to be said for the quality of content that you can produce when your mind is focused in many directions. And if you have 
children or if you have people that you're caring for or if you have other jobs or if you have things that are vying for your time, your ability to sit down and write a beautifully crafted blog post is so much harder because you're not able to have that the luxury of focus. I worry all the time just and that not even just for talking about everyone that I'm not doing anything really great because I'm so busy doing 75 other things at the same time. You know, yeah. and that's it's it's frustrating. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that other than doing less things. But I don't know that that's an option. Again, Marty, what about you? Um, no, I think what you just said was a legit point, too. Like there's you always feel like there's not enough time in the day. Right. Um, <laughs> but no, like I said, I, I agree with what they're saying. How? OK, this is an important question. And I definitely want to get this and have plenty of time to discuss this and hopefully have viewers weigh in with their opinions as well. But how can other influencers help with advocacy and visibility, even if they don't necessarily feel that they're personally impacted by these issues? What is the best thing someone can do to be an effective advocate and be an effective ally? Uh, Marty, will you start? Yeah, I would say write about it or uh, create content about I literally right before I got up here posted something about me and Sassy Wyatt for those of you who don't know she's a blind traveler and we just went on a trip with Visit England this past Saturday and I grew up with a blind grandmother so I understand that my grandmother has never seen my face but I would have to describe to her how my hair looked and what type of dress I had on so if you can imagine you have Sassy traveling right throughout a destination and we're on a graffiti tour we're on a graffiti tour where we have to look at murals and we're on a graffiti tour where we actually have to paint. So for somebody who's creating content, how can you make that destination come alive for her because she can't physically see it? So, of course, you know, the tour guide was awesome, but he's like, and right here to your right is this mural done by such and such. But he's not talking about the colors and he's not talking about the claws that are coming out of the hand, the expression on the cat's face. And how is she supposed to talk about any of that? If you don't describe it to her. So I described it to her and I was telling them, you know, we have to also understand that like people with disabilities are not incapable. <laughs> they can do exactly everything we could do. So that was another point that I um, that I made sure to speak about. But also like we can be descriptive as well. You t you sh you say how to do things to a blind traveler by using direction and motion. So while she's actually spray painting, it's like, all right, Sass, like hold out your your arm, maybe like half a person in front of you and move left to right and that's where the paper is so she was still able to fully function and stuff but only because I was describing it to her so if she went there by herself how was she gonna do this right so it's just being top of mind of people but also sharing your experiences giving bullet points give people a one two three on how to do it so that when you travel someplace or when you see that somebody else is going through something you can offer up a solution and not to put anybody down but to make sure that every traveler feels appreciative that every destination is for everybody and it's just really like speaking up like use the voice that you have and your niche follows you regardless of what you're talking about so i've never talked about blind traveler before but i guarantee you all of my followers will now go to destinations in mind describing things that much better because i talked about that one time so use your platform and use your voice and offer solutions. Love it. Kenya, same question. I just want to say that I think what she said she did is huge. Like she took and stopped what she was doing to help somebody else. And that's mm -hmm. kind of like what it boils down to. Like she could have just went on and experienced it for herself and let the, the other girl figure out how to experience it because that's her, her problem. But she stopped to help. And that's what it boils down to. And what we were talking about before is just like everybody kind of banding together 
and also advocating for each other. So the tour guide didn't um, describe things for her. She noticed that that was an opportunity and that could have been a, a um, barrier to her being able to experience the trip fully. So she stopped and, and described it to her or gave her instructions or whatever. And I think that's huge. It's just, it just boils down to being a good person. <laughs> At the end of the day, I think that's a big part of what it boils down to. So I think that that was huge that she just shared. Looking outside yourself and your own problems, which can feel overwhelming so many times and actually seeing that somebody else might be struggling with something fundamental that you can, without doing too much of your uh, disservice to yourself or without really having to do that much, you can help somebody just by looking outside of our own like circle of misery or whatever we want to say, our own thoughts. Um, Beth, same question to you. Yeah, so there's two other things I would add. And I think, Marty, like, that's such a brilliant answer. And Kenya, like, to add on to that, absolutely. And I think, um, so the first being, you know, if you're brought on for a project or a press trip or an activity, I think one of your first questions should always be, like, tell me about who else is participating in this and how can I make sure that there's representation across the board here? You know, how can I be, how can I connect you with my network? Cause I think it was a commenter who mentioned that um, network has so much to play into this. And sometimes people aren't being intentionally, you know, discriminatory. They're not trying to be like, I only want it to look this way. They're just kind of thinking, okay, who do I know? You know, and in, in, for the most part, sometimes people are just awful. But I think that if we're able to really use our networks and say, let me help you, you know, with the people that I know, and are is there good representation here? Because I don't want to participate if there isn't. Um, I think we do need to stand up for each other in that way. And then the other thing I would say is actually a piece of advice that we got from one of our keynotes um, at WITS this past year, the Women in Travel Summit, Disha Dyer, who was a former um, social secretary for President Obama. And she made a great point and said, you know, if you have something to say and it's about somebody else's culture, then let them say it. You, even though we're building these blogs on our voice, sometimes we need to step aside and give a different person a voice so they can talk about their experiences rather than you attempting to talk about them. And so I think it's really important for us to, you know, sometimes take a step back and say, what is the message we're trying to convey and who is the right person to actually speak that message? And sometimes that person might not be you. Absolutely. And I think that's great. All of those were amazing. And I think that, and Disha is our guest on uh, Teal Talk I in two weeks. I'm so love like, her. She yeah. is, I mean, awesome. I acted like a total douche magoosh at Con <laughs> in Portland because I was so excited about meeting her. I acted like an idiot. Anyway, okay. Um, but I think, yeah, and giving, like you said, Beth, it doesn't mean it can't be on your blog. It just means that maybe you go right. out and find someone else to write it or ask them to consult or interview them, help facilitate them to have that voice. There's ways to help. But yeah, I think that there are times when when we all just have to like look honestly at ourselves and say, Some, that needs to be said. I'm not the one that needs to be saying it. Um, we are running low on time, which is very upsetting to me because I want to keep talking about this all day long. But I really like this question. These two kind of feed in together. And it's it's talking about content creation and ways that how can we think about how can bloggers think about their content in a different way that is more thoughtful about some of these issues. And you, we were talking about asking people in and that's a great way to do it. And then when something happens in the news that content creators feel a need to respond to or want to respond to or share 
what is the best way to do that sensitively? And mm -hmm. so let's let's everybody think about that. I'm going to read a couple reader comments. First, uh, Lisa Sharp says, I'd love more resources on how to make our sites more accessible. God, ac accessibility is so important. I know I have some blind readers and I do a good job with alt text, but not sure what else I need to do. We actually have a session about that at MVCon Austin. Um, mm. We're going to talk all about accessibility there. <clears throat> and we will then, we know people can't all come. We're a couple tickets left, but but we can share a ticket link there. But if you can't come, we will then edit that session and put it on our YouTube channel. Um, so that resource is available to everybody. Um, I think accessibility is huge. Adrian Brown says, I've been trying to build a blog for a while now. I'm a 57-year-old boomer, homeschooling parent, mom who has adopted four young children, starting over again, author, and trying to break into blogging. Holy crap, woman. <laughs> You're busy. Are you okay? Like, I feel like that's a lot. All of this is relevant to me. Wow, great. It, it, well, first of all, I mean, Thanks for Kudos. being a, a freaking yeah. like yeah. rock star. That's amazing. Um, okay, thoughts on what I just said? Anything on the question? Um, how we can think about content and share things from the news sensitively and um, with awareness? Uh, let's start. Uh, Kenya, you have anything there? I think you can. I'm just going to go back to saying you need to be authentic, but you also need to remember that you don't have to knock one thing down to promote or build something else up. So there's a way to address things without saying this is wrong and this is right. Um, because that's what can happen sometimes. And that's what I think fuels the arguments and things that happen on the internet. And sometimes it doesn't have to be that. You don't have to knock something else down to make something else seem to be right or better than. That's awesome. Both two people can be right at the same time, even though their opinions may differ. And that's, I don't know that every, like what, the internet seems to somehow breathe that that is not a thing that is possible, that something is either wrong or right. And that's not true a lot of the time. Okay, um, Marty, to you. Yeah, I agree with her also. And always when there's something that you don't necessarily agree with, always say, put your opinion in it, but not your opinion to a negative way. Just talk about how it made you feel or how it made somebody mm -hmm. you knew feel so that whoever's reading it can now put themselves in that person's shoes and understand it from a, a, a different viewpoint because we all have different perspectives, right? Mm -hmm. um, a person's perspective, a person's perspective right now who's going to Israel that might have absolutely no idea what's going on right now. Um, and then people attack you because you say you're in Israel and you love Israel. And you don't even know why they're attacking to you because you just are not up on the news. Like, you don't know about some of the terrible things that are going on there. But does, should that make you scared to even post your content because you're afraid of the backlash? Just no. But just talk about, you know, I went to Israel and this is what I chose to experience. And these are the parts about Israel that I chose to speak about because these are the positive things that are going on. And make no mistake, it takes no, no, no shine away from anything negatively that's going on. But understand that how a group acts or, you know, how certain people act is not a reflection of the whole place. And this is the experience that I had. And, you know, sometimes you have to do that, too. And like you said, everybody's not going to agree with you. And that's OK. But stay firm in what you want to say, but do it in a way for people to understand from you, your viewpoint. And also tell them, like, and I understand where you're coming from, too. But this is just how I choose to deal with the situation. Fantastic advice, Beth. Same to you. I would also advise content creators to be thoughtful about 
um, about how they respond to something on the news and specifically just doing your research. You know, I think virality and drama are cousins. And a lot of times it's so easy for us to just see something and we're like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. And then you share it. And then it's like two days later, you realize it wasn't even real or, you know, it was an onion article or whatever it was. And so I think <laughs> we just want to, you know, give yourself that extra breath, you know, to look into it, to look at another source because you are a voice. And if you're building a content focused um, company or, or hobby or platform, then people are listening to you. So make sure when you're saying something that you're thoughtful about it, that you've kind of done your research, that you're representing yourself well. And I think completely everything else to what Kenya and Marty said too. I, that all of this is amazing advice. Uh, and this has been um, a really, really incredible and enlightening hour for me. Um, I hope I hope that it has been for our audience too. You guys are, I knew y'all were, were rock stars and I knew all of those things, but <laughs> I love it when it's just reiterated over and over again. Um, Phil Bone, who is our senior vice president of sales and revenue said, what a great smart discussion. Well done, everyone. We appreciate it. I'm going to make a couple of announcements before we end. As I already mentioned, in two weeks, which is, will be Halloween, Thursday, October 31st, the amazingly incredible Deisha Dyer will be on Teal Talk. She turned her White House internship at age 30 to becoming the Obama administration social secretary, no bigs, and is currently the co-founder and executive <laughs> director of B-Girl World, a Philadelphia organization that empowers teen girls through global education and travel. We're going to talk career pivoting, giving back, and obviously we're going to be talking about the Obamas and bringing Hamilton to the White House for a private concert for local teachers because... It's me, and I'm going to talk about Hamilton when I can. Uh, all right. Um, ladies, it has been incredible. I have one more thing I want to mention before we sign off, and it's a it's an incredible partnership that I'm very, very excited about bringing to fruition. We are teaming up with the amazing team at WITS, and uh, in a new way for 2020, Mediavine and WITS, are uh, we're introducing the Mediavine Scholarship for WITS Kansas City. Beth, do you want to talk about it a little bit, and I'll give the particulars? I'm so excited about this. Yes, I know. And I'm so glad to be announcing this right here and now. Um, so, you know, in talking about access and in talking about time and in talking about money, um, Jenny and I and and so many of the amazing people on your team, Jenny, are really talking about what can Mediavine do to make this um, make it easier for people to come and learn. Because the reason why um, people come to WITS is to, you know, build potential partnerships, often in the travel industry. But again, we'll get others from other industries as well to, you know, grow their brand, to build their content um, and make it stronger. And, you know, from time to time, we're able to offer free ticket giveaways and that kind of thing. But that doesn't um, that doesn't include the fact that it costs money to get yourself there. You have to fly there. You have to get a hotel. You have to get food. And so we teamed with, with Mediavine and Mediavine is actually sponsoring one person yes. flight, hotel, ticket, plus a food stipend. So you don't have to spend a dime when you get there. And I mentioned the Wonderful Creator Collective. You'll get lifetime access to the Wonderful Creator Collective, which is worth thousands of dollars. So it's an incredible scholarship. And we're opening it today. We just posted the link in the comments. So please, <laughs> guys, share this far and wide. We would love it if you would. Uh, we want as many people to have the chance to apply for this as possible. We're, we're starting out and we want this to be something that continues and grows as we move forward. We're so uh, honored to be partnering with WITS and the work that they're doing. And um, 
we look forward to seeing everybody there. Ladies, thank you so much for being here and taking time out of what I know is a busy schedule and having such an insightful and sensitive discussion. I appreciate it. You guys are amazing. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. We'll see you in a couple of weeks with Disha. On Air is brought to you by Mediavine. If you're creating amazing and original content, we are here to help. From ad management with maximum earnings and 24-7 support to cutting-edge WordPress plugins, our team has your back. Want free tips in your inbox? Subscribe to our newsletter at mediavine.com slash subscribe. If you're a Mediavine On Air fan, and why wouldn't you be, please give us your five-star rating love and subscribe wherever you're listening.